Thank you for joining us for a message from the Christian Fellowship Church of Kandu, North Dakota. Please visit our website for more information about our church at kanducfc.com. I want to I want to chat for just a moment. I don't have a, a full-on message this morning, but I just want to chat for a moment to what we are going to witness together in uh, in our church today. So when I look at the story of the New Testament, that's, the, that's a part of the Bible where it starts with the life of Jesus and it continues on after Jesus has ascended to heaven and it talks about all the things that have been going on during that time. I think that in the New Testament we can kind of break down that story into two basic categories. The first category is that Jesus came to earth to reveal the Father to us. We learned that as we started in on this Gospel of John series. Jesus lives a perfect life as an example for us to follow. Then Jesus gives his life when he dies on the cross so that we could be forgiven for our sins and have peace with God. And this all happens in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the emphasis, the main emphasis of that story or that portion of the Bible. And then the second part or the second category of the New Testament is that the, for the rest of this time, and even into the time where you and I are currently living, people testify about Jesus. To testify means to tell someone about what you have seen, what you have heard, or what you have experienced. Starting in the book of Acts, the New Testament tells a story about, how the, about the good news of Jesus Christ and how it spread all over the world. People took the story of Jesus far and wide to neighboring towns, to neighboring countries, and it literally made its way across the known world. People walked tens of thousands of miles on foot because they were convinced about exactly who Jesus was. And they were compelled to then take that good news and share it with other people. They knew the truth about Jesus and they believed it with their whole heart. And this truth about Jesus changed them. And now they wanted to share it with others so that other people could experience this same kind of miraculous change that Jesus is willing to bring into their lives too. So in other words, they wanted to testify about Jesus. Today we have four people who want to share with you what Jesus has done for them. They are going to tell you what they have experienced through putting their faith in Jesus Christ. Then after they tell you about how they've experienced Jesus, they're going to get baptized. They are going to, get, they're going to go fully under the water right here behind me on this stage. But some of us, we might not be quite as familiar with this tradition as others. So we might say, that's weird. Or I've never seen that before. So why would people wearing clothes go fully under the water in a church in front of a bunch of other people? What's the point of that? Well, not only very simply does Jesus command that his followers be baptized in Matthew 28 verse 19, but there is also a symbolic significance to baptism. In Romans 6, verse 1 to 4, the Apostle Paul is talking about the result of putting our faith in Jesus. What comes after accepting Jesus and being forgiven for our sins. He says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? 
For we died and were buried with Christ in baptism, but just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. You see, baptism is what marks the decision that we made in our heart to no longer continue on being the person who we used to be. Now we've trusted in Jesus. And when Jesus died on the cross, he took all of our sins and they were buried with him in the tomb. And those things were removed from our lives because that's what the forgiveness of God does for us. And now it frees us so that we don't have to continue on living a life that is defined by sin, but instead we can live this new life, this life that's full of joy and experiences of relationship with Jesus, where we walk with him, where we serve him, where we honor him. And it doesn't look anything like the life that we used to live. And God wants to walk with us and show us what that's like. So, friends, what we're going to see here in a moment is people testifying about how Jesus has done that transformational work in their life. They're not perfect, and neither are you and I, but they have something that we all need. It's a faith in Jesus that has saved them from the sins that were going to destine them for eternal punishment in hell. And now they are forgiven, and they have eternal life with Jesus Christ. We'll explain this a little bit more when we get into the water. But uh, we want to we get started with some testimonies now. So Ashley Reed is our, is our first person who's going to be baptized today. So Ashley, if you would come forward, we'd love to hear your testimony. Good morning. Um, for those of you who may not know me, my name is Ashley. And... I don't remember a time in my life when I didn't know Jesus. I was very fortunate to grow up in a Christian home with many great Christian examples around me. In my home, prayer and Bible stories were part of daily life. I regularly attended Sunday school and went to Awana on Wednesday evenings. I had a great relationship with God at a young age. I don't remember exactly when I asked Jesus into my heart, but I'm guessing I was probably around five years old. During my teens and early 20s, things changed a little bit. I was still attending church regularly and still talking to God just about every day, but I was pretty much living life my own way. I think at that age, I thought it was good enough. I felt like as long as I was going to church and saying a prayer before bed, each night I was fine. I think deep down I knew that my relationship with God was a little distant. He was important in my life, but building a relationship with him wasn't a top priority. Things changed in 2019. I started to experience really severe anxiety that seemed to come out of nowhere. If you've never experienced an anxiety disorder, or if you've ever experienced an anxiety disorder, you know how horrible it feels. For those of you who have never experienced it, I can only describe it as constant fear and panic, sometimes about nothing at all. Anxiety isn't just worried thoughts. It also causes many physical symptoms that can be very scary, and that just fuels the anxiety even more. Those first months when I began to experience my anxiety were some of the worst of my life. I felt really alone and felt like no one understood what I was going through. I talked to God more than I ever had in my life. At first, it was mostly prayers to please take, take away this feeling. I know that God can heal and that prayer is powerful, and I just wanted him to make the anxiety stop. 
Months went by and it seemed like my prayers weren't being answered. I felt frustrated and I was so confused why I was still feeling this way and why it had happened to me so suddenly. I leaned on God so much during that time. I got so much comfort from listening to worship music, reading my Bible, and talking to God. I started asking God to be with me and help me through the anxiety instead of just asking him to heal me. As time went on, I started to feel peace. The anxiety was still there, but just knowing that I have God on my side was so comforting to me. I started to believe that even if God didn't heal my anxiety, he would help me through it and that I would be okay. I began to have a feeling that maybe God was using the lowest point of my life to draw me closer to him. I had a realization that I spent a lot of my life believing that I could do it all on my own. I loved God and wanted him to be part of my life, but I wasn't spending any time building a relationship with him. I was just comfortable having a half-hearted relationship, and it took a very hard time in my life for me to realize that I need him and I want more than just a check-in at the end of the day. I'm very thankful for my experience because it brought me closer to God and my faith has grown so much. I want to be baptized today because I feel closer to God than I ever have and I've thought about baptism for a long time but just kept putting it off and lately it has been on my mind a lot and I feel ready to take this step in my faith. Good morning. My name is Lucy Peters, if you don't know who I am. Um, I'm going to share my testimony today. I accepted Jesus into my heart when I was five years old. I knew about Jesus, that he died for our sins, and that he is God's son. I also knew a little bit about heaven, that it was where Christians go when they die. I also knew that hell was where non-Christians go when they die, and that Satan was the bad guy. The reason for me accepting Jesus into my heart was that I wanted to go to heaven and be with Jesus. That is probably one of the best reasons for a five-year-old to ask Jesus into their heart. (laughs) Over the years, my faith has grown. I have had many faith-related experiences that have made my love and yearn for Jesus stronger and stronger. Some of these experiences are good, but some of them are also not as good, and some of them are all part of my life as a journey as a Christian. There is a boy I remember from Winnipeg who really tested my patience and my faith. One day he would be nice to me, the next day he would talk bad about Christianity. Something he said to me, though, hurt me and tested my patience the most with him. He asked me if I wanted to play a game about wizards and dark magic and things like that. We were in fifth grade then. I said no, that I couldn't and wouldn't play a game that included those things, and he asked me why not. I said that it does not agree with what I believe as a Christian. He told me, well, your parents aren't here, so they can't tell you what to do, and you can play with me what, what you want. And I told him no, that I wanted to be a good Christian, and it was my choice, not my parents. Then he told me something that hurt me the most. He said, well, Christianity is stupid anyway. Why don't you just play the game? I said no again and walked away. This experience helped me to learn how to defend myself and my beliefs from an early age. One experience I don't think I'll forget is going to Anchor Point Church in Canada. I only went there for a short period of time, but I felt like I was meant to be there. Everyone was really nice, and I made many friends. There is one girl who I'm good friends with. She is also a pastor's daughter. 
I remember how she was super outgoing and would talk to me and compliment everyone. And whenever I think of her, the first thing I remember is her cheerful, cheerful and outgoing personality and how she served in the church. That's what I want to be like. Kind, funny, willing to make new friends, and a part of something important. This was probably the biggest and most meaningful experience I've ever had, moving to Kandu. I remember hearing the news that we were moving for the first time. This was in 2017. I remember having to wait for what seemed like forever to physically move to Kandu, North Dakota. It ended up taking two years. But now that I look back on it, I know that it was God's way of testing us in patience. And I think we passed because Kandu was definitely worth the wait. I would not choose anywhere else to live than in Kandu because I have met so many great people that have made a great impact on my life. I feel like if everyone would just move to a small town, they would become better people because Kandu just feels right to me. The school is amazing, CFC is amazing, and especially the people are amazing. It took a little getting used to, especially the difference in the school and the grading system, but it was definitely worth it. I remember visiting Kandu before moving. We saw our new house, the school, and the church. These couple of visits made me even more excited to move here. There's a place where I really love to go in the summer. It's probably one of my favorite places to go, period. Camp Fahocha. I will never forget how close I feel to God when I'm there. It's the perfect place to just sit and pray and learn to just be with God. That one week a year when I go is probably the best one. Sometimes I wish I could be there all year. This last year at camp, though, was probably the best one because of the people who were all there. My youth leader, Maddie, was my cabin counselor, and there were a lot more girls from my youth group than usual, and it was great because we were all in the same cabin. This meant more quality time and more soaking up the word together. Some great parts about camp that I got to reconnect with some old friends and grow in some friendships. I was even able to have a conversation with God on my own time, and that was probably the highlight of my week. Something that also made me feel really good was when I was about to leave at the end of the week. I stopped to say goodbye to a boy I knew who was on my team that week. He stopped and told me he never figured out what my name was. I told him, and then he asked me if I was going to be at camp next year. I said yes. He nodded and said that he would see me next year then. The reason that made me feel good was that even though it was the last day of camp and he could have just walked away until next year, he took the time to get to know me just a little bit before leaving Fahosha and not coming back until next year. God has helped me with many challenges these past few years. He has reminded me again and again of how much he loves me in many ways. During the worst part of COVID, my family couldn't see our Canadian family for about 20 months. Even though we missed them a lot, God kept me and my family happy and content with his presence in our lives. I would also seen how God has changed and shaped my personality. I used to be very shy and would not talk to anyone if I didn't have to. Now I am much more comfortable talking to my classmates and people at church. I feel like that personality change had made me a much happier and cheerful person than I was a year ago. And I am happy for this because I know that this is how God wants me to act instead of being an introvert and never talking to anybody. There is a verse that I would like to share with you all today. It was from Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. It says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The reason I wanted to share these verses is because I've had troubles. I've been hurt, I have been insulted, I have been teased, and I have heard many lies about God and other Christians. 
This verse reminds me that I'm not the only one who goes through this stuff, that there are many people who have been hurt and persecuted and sinned against because of Jesus. But the second verse tells me that I have a purpose and that I have something better waiting for me, that God has given me something better than anything I could get here on earth. I have a great reward waiting for me in heaven, along with many other Christian brothers and sisters. I am so thankful for Jesus and how he died for me so that I can have those rewards waiting for me in heaven. I am so thankful that I love him and that he loves me. This is why I'm getting baptized, because I love God. I wouldn't be standing on this stage right now if I didn't love God or even know him. I wouldn't be sharing these experiences I have had throughout my life right now if I didn't have a relationship with God. Baptism is something I've been thinking about for a little while now, but to actually be able to stand up here and give my testimony today is an amazing feeling. And what is even more special about me getting baptized is that I have someone more special than just a normal pastor. I'm getting baptized by my dad, and I am so proud to be able to say that later to people that my dad baptized me on December 5th, 2021 at Christian Fellowship Church in my favorite place in the world, Kandu, North Dakota. Thank you. My name is Ro. If you don't know me, now you do. Um, so growing up, I was raised in a Catholic church setting. We went to church quite often, and I even attended uh, what's called, um, okay, I forgot what it's called, but um, they were classes every Wednesday, so similar to my youth group, but it was just what the Catholic church had. Um, but even though I attended church and all the Wednesday classes that I went to, uh, I never really felt like I was ever taking much away from them, and honestly, I disliked going to church. But in all the time I also spent there, I never learned what having a relationship with God was. And all I knew was that going to church was the right thing, and you should always be praying and worshiping God, but I never really understood why. Um, okay. Uh, but besides that, before I knew Jesus, um, my life was just like a lot different than it is now. And it's hard to think back to that because that was a really long time ago. But um, this is kind of just what I came up with. And so before knowing Jesus, I believed in some things that the Bible says are wrong. And it's not that I purposely just went against what the Bible said. It was because I really never learned what the Bible actually said about them. And before knowing Jesus, I honestly didn't understand why we pray, because whenever I had prayed, it was always, uh, like, at night, the praying Our Father and Hail Mary, which I never understood why praying those every night, um, what, what that did. Um, oh, gosh, that's the next page. Before knowing Jesus, standing and singing songs in church um, just always seemed boring and pointless to me. Uh, even after I started attending the Christian Fellowship Church, I hated getting up in the morning to go to church, which my mom can attest to. And there was one thing, but there was always one thing in my life that was missing, and that was my relationship with Jesus. Um, things were never really working out for me. I wasn't always hanging out with the right people and doing the right things. I didn't love and treat everyone the right way that I do now, and I didn't always have a good mindset on everything. Before knowing Jesus, I didn't understand why I had to do so many of the things that supposedly made me a good Christian. And all this is hard to admit, but sadly it was true. But then everything suddenly began to change. 
My seventh grade year, I started to attend Infinity Youth Group. There I met someone who changed my life, also with the help of God. She honestly doesn't even know what she's done for me and helped change my life. Okay. And that amazing person is Madison Wagaman. I remember she had told us about how she had found the person in her life that she could always talk to and helped guide her and help her grow in her faith and in God. And just after a short year of attending youth group, I knew that my person was her. Ever since I gave my heart to God, which I don't know exactly when that was, but roughly probably about two years ago. Um, uh, my life has changed for the better. And like I said earlier, I never used to like singing, which is actually crazy to think about because now I can never get enough of it. And worship has been the biggest thing in my relationship with God. That brings me closer to him. I love praying for myself and especially with others and for others. For me, it's just the little things, being happier, being able to talk to others better, and them talking to me about anything. Uh, knowing how to love others, which just makes life better. Uh, words can't really explain what's happened in my life. Uh, the good always outweighs the bad. Now, even though my life has been better, it definitely is not always easy. Um, I've been mocked and I've been teased about being Christian. I've heard some pretty messed up things said to me. Um, but once Jeff told me that if God didn't think that I could handle these and that I wouldn't get stronger and closer to God, he would not allow them to happen. And in the end, I know God's plan for me is much greater than anything I've gone through. Uh, two of my favorite verses are, well, this one isn't actually a verse. I heard it in a movie and thought it was a verse. But, uh, yeah, I could not find the actual verse in the Bible, so that was. When all you see is your pain, you lose sight of me. And I like this verse because it honestly has spoken so much truth. Because when you focus on all the bad in your life, you tend to lose God and what you really should be focused on. And my other favorite, probably of all time, is, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Um, this verse means so much to me because when Jesus was on the cross, um, since he, he was nailed on his feet and right here on his hands, and even to take a breath, he had to push up and it would like be the most painful thing in the world. And even when he was dying, he still asked our Father to forgive us because of how much he loved us. And so, yeah, that's... So I'm getting baptized because, to me, it's the next big step in my relationship with God. Good morning. My name is Brian Geisbers. Um, like Rogue, I was raised a member of the Catholic Church. 
I always knew there was a God. I've always been able to look out into nature and realize that the only explanation behind all the wonders uh, of the natural world is because God created it to work like that. I spent my life, for the most part, unconcerned. I knew I was going to heaven because I was a member of the right denomination, had participated in the sacraments, and went to church somewhat regularly. I cried out for help from God during times of trouble, but during good times, the thought never really crossed my mind. By worldly standards, I was a good guy. I worked hard at my job to advance and provide for my family. I took care of most of the physical labor around the house and never really did any of the really bad things that got you kicked out of heaven. But in hindsight, the reality is I lived my life as though I was the most important. I justified that since I made the money and did much of the physical labor around the house, I could do what I wanted. I lived a life that kept me so busy with achieving my goals and dreams that I hardly had time to help others achieve theirs, much less try to help God achieve His plans. I enjoyed the solitude and self-reliance, and I was ignorantly happy. Then one night in late winter, my world came crashing apart. My wife told me that it was time to separate, and ultimately it ended in divorce. At, at the time, I felt blindsided, but in hindsight, she had been calling out to me for years. I just hadn't stopped thinking about me for long enough to hear her pleas. In a last-ditch last effort, we met with Pastor Jeff a few times. Something she had asked me to do for years, but I insisted everything was fine. Because from my perspective, everything was fine. On one occasion, Pastor Jeff gave me a Bible. My mother had given me a Bible the year I left home. <clears throat> she even included some important verses and notes. I had never bothered to do more than flip through it now and then when I stumbled back across it. Alone, scared, and in an unknown rental, I opened the Bible Pastor Jeff gave me in search of what could save my marriage, and what I found devastated me. 2,000-plus years ago, an instruction manual of how to live life on earth was written, how to treat your spouse, how to treat others, how to worship, how to live. Though I didn't really understand much of what I read, I could pull out commands, commands and assemble them in my mind as basically a checklist of do's and don'ts. I went, on this, I went on like this for quite a while, trying to assemble a list of do's and don'ts and trying to avoid the don'ts, trying to please God through work, but really still doing it all for me. I had good help along the way in my parents, in Pastor Jeff, in Brent and Jennifer, all trying to help me see the truth, help me, to, help me through my struggles and pain. Aside from my parents, all, the, all, all people who, in my point of view, had no real reason to help me, but did it anyways. At some point, I started listening to some of Pastor Jeff's recorded messages on the Internet. I started listening to the series on Corinthians, mostly because it provided the historical context and interpretation that made it make more sense to me. One day on the way to Bismarck, I listened to several back-to-back. -back. At some point, my world was shaken again. I realized that the point of it all was not just a list of commands. The whole point of everything is to glorify God. The goal of striving to follow the commands is not, is not to just avoid going to hell, but to give glory to God in all things and do all things to glorify God. I looked at my life and realized most everything I had, have done is for me. I may have been pretty good, a pretty good person by worldly standards, but I fell far short of the mark by godly standards. As I considered this newfound revelation over the following days and weeks, I discovered that no amount of good deeds can make up for the bad that has been done. That's when I happened across Jesus Christ. Of course, I always knew about Jesus, but never really understood. How can his death on the cross 2,000 years ago, how, how can his death on the cross 2,000 years ago make up for my sins I haven't even committed yet? And that's when I stumbled across real forgiveness and true faith. I don't know how it works. I probably never will. But I have 
faith that God the Father gave his only Son as a sacrifice once and forever for me and you and everyone. And God the Son gave his life and rose from the dead to defeat death once and for all for those who will follow him. And, and the Holy Spirit will enter in us and help us show the way. With this newfound faith and a greater appreciation that the Bible is more than an instruction manual for life, I decided to give CFC a try. What I found was a community of believers, people who didn't know me but remembered my name and were glad to see me. To those who said, hello, Brian, and remembered my name, you don't realize how much that meant to me. And I found a church that follows what the Bible says, not what a person or group of people interpret and decide which way to send the denomination. As a newcomer to this church and to real faith in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I learn new things and grow deeper in my understanding every day. I continue to make mistakes every day, but I'm so thankful that if I am sincere in my repentance, God will forgive. Matthew chapter 7, thir verses 13 to 14 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many will enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few will find it. I'm trying my best to, to be among those few, not to avoid destruction, but because the narrow path brings glory to God.